Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We got a beautiful show. We got some beautiful hosts. We got a beautiful game. We got taste. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest. And as a matter of fact, it's time to get it off our chests. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of County Cricket Natters. It'll be the last one for a while, actually, because there's a bit of a hiatus in the county championship, but we're going to make it a very good one. No, Annie, again this week, she will be back with us later in the season, and we cannot wait. But we have got a stellar lineup as ever. Dan Whiting, who's been on the M5, M4, wherever it is again, been at Cheltenham Festival for the last couple of weeks, Dan. Yeah, I've been swanning around the Cotswolds. I've been, you know, at my country abode, Sam, but very nice it is too. I've just done eight days out of the last 10 in Cheltenham and uh, what a lovely venue, but uh, I'm bloody knackered. Oh, I bet you are. It's beautiful festival cricket and what a finish you had yesterday. And, you know, from one adopted West Country man to another a player, a northerner, but who's made the Southwest his home for a long, long time. Steve Kirby, welcome. Thanks, Sam. Hey, I really, I really appreciate the intro. It's brilliant to be back on here as well, chatting to you guys about county cricket and and everything that's been going on. But yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm really, really pleased to be listening to. You know, it always makes me laugh, does Dan um, and yourself. You're unbelievably knowledgeable about the game, and I learn a hell of a lot every time I'm on. Oh, that's very kind of you to say so, Steve. Dan's got his hand up. Hang on, he's going to make us laugh here, right on cue, Curbs. Well, do you know what's great? The last time the three of us were in a room, we were in the tavern at Lords after uh, Somerset beat Middlesex in the T20 at the end of June. And two out of three of us had been working, whereas one of us had been on the lash in Camden Town since about two o'clock in the afternoon. And... Sam Dalling had been doing a bit of stint for BBC London. Steve Kirby had been 
hard at it with his troops at Somerset, and I was a dribbling mess. So uh, it's good to see us all sober at the same time. <laughs> you mean dribbling mess? Oh, You're always absolutely. a dribbling mess, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's move on to Division One. Right, let's go to Chelmsford first of all, where Steve Kirby cultivated a few freckles. Essex started 505 for nine. Nick Brown, 234. He's been a little bit out of touch this season. He bounced back with a plum. Paul Walter, he's in the runs every week, 86. Tom Lamanby there, three for 35. In response, Somerset, 605 for five. Matt Renshaw, 146. Tom Abel was destined for 100, but he retired hurt with a hamstring injury on 90. James Rue, 101. Tom Banton, 126. There were runs all over the place. Essex then, 30 for one before the game ran out of time. Curbs, James Rue, he's a ginger lad like yourself. He's a good player though, eh? Oh, he's a fantastic cricketer. I mean, he's bound to be a good lad because he's a redhead, isn't he? But um, no, but on a serious note, keep your eye out for this young kid. Um one of the most special things about him is his temperament, his ability to, I mean, if you look at his record since he's come in, this is his third game and he got 70 odd in the first game on debut and then to, yes, I know the pitch was placid, um, relatively docile, um, not what uh, Essex wanted um, as a surface. There won't be many times Harmer bowls 58 overs, two for whatever he played it, you know, two, two wickets. Uh, 58 overs, but I think on massive credit goes to the way that we played him um, as a team. We had a real, we had some real plans against him. Each individual would like to go about it in different ways. And if you go back to Ruin, the way that he did it, um, he sweeps, he reverse sweeps, he used his feet, he was resolute in defence, um, and showed real great character. You know, because there were some some good bowlers at the other end. They were attacking with three seamers and then Armour at the other. Critch is no, uh, Matt Critchley is a very good leg spinner as well, you know, and for him to come in and show the maturity that he did at 18 years old is a testament to him and a testament actually to the Somerset pathway and uh, development structure again. You know, they just seem to be, we just seem to be keep churning them out. Um, great, great job there. Steve Snell was involved in, in a lot of his development before he moved off to Gloucestershire, but obviously now it's uh, Matt Drakeley and um, and Andy Griffiths. So well done to them. And actually, the way that Rui then came in and played, like I said, it's his temperament and he doesn't feel that. Like, I think one of the big things that Somerset do very well, Dan, I think they, they, they integrate a lot of their younger players, the ones of high talent, in early. So it's not like a shock to the system when they walk into the first team. Well, like me walking into a, a Yorkshire dressing room or a, you know, a Lest- an old Leicester dressing room where you, you'd never been around them and then all of a sudden, you, you you know, you're making your debut. It's not been like that for Rui. Um, and he's been made to feel very welcome um, and we all know how much of a wonderful player he is. And then to see how Bantz played as well. He came in and really took it to them. Um, you know, we're talking about two innings of contrast massively, but I think the big thing... Um, you know, before we go on about Bance in a minute, Matt Renshaw took the sting out of Essex, and the way that um, the way that Tom Abel played an unbelievable Sterling captain's not really because we're under a little bit of pressure. And you know what Harmer's like: fielders around the bat, creating theatre, 
it was spinning, you know, and I think the way that we went about our business was a real testament. It's not easy, you know. You've gone just gone for 505 in the first innings. You spent two days in the field and then to watch the way uh, Matt Renshaw and Abe went about their business was amazing. It really, really was. And there won't be many times you put a bowling unit like Craig Overton, Lewis Gregory, Peter Siddle, et cetera, et cetera, Jack Leach, and you know some really strong bowlers on show and they found it tough on, sur- on that surface. So, yeah, really, really pleasing to see. We're in a dogfight at the bottom of the pile. You know, we've got to fight hard and we're trying to fight hard and we're showing immense character, which I'm hugely proud of and as are everybody else in the coaching group. Congrats to Peter Siddle, 700 first-class wickets. Day one, was it day two? It was hard going. I I was, from a personal point of view, I've been invested in that. I interviewed Sids in April um, and I've been waiting for him to get to 700 because that was the piece that was coming out and I was waiting all day for that 700th wicket. He always gets Sir Alistair Cook. It seems to be the man he gets. Um, but yeah, 700 is some going from Peter Siddle. Bance to come in like that on the final day and play the way he does. Um, there's been a lot of talk about him. There is a lot of talk about him in Somerset at the moment because his contract is up. Uh, nothing set in stone, but he, what I will say is he came on the live stream last week and he was absolutely brilliant. I thought his rawness and his honesty in terms of the way he answered questions was fantastic. Um, he talked about his struggles. Uh, he talked about uh, missing out or electing to miss out on things like the Big Bash because of the mental strain that being in the hotel room for two weeks had taken or would take on him he'd had that experience in the PSL um you can see how much he wants to do well you can see how much he loves playing for Somerset he said look I you know I'd love to be in the team but I really don't mind as long as Somerset win I'm not worried uh, too much if I'm in the team he just wants to be part of that environment and I know Somerset fans very much hope that he remains a Somerset player and well I guess now people who have seen the live stream might you know, you can go back and look at the live stream to see what he said. He was worth listening to. As was Matt Renshaw, brilliant. He come, he's coming to Somerset and loves being around. Um, mm. I think he's really good. Curbs will probably know more than me, but I think Tom Abel, there's been a couple of times, there was the Warwickshire Championship game where they got Sam Hain caught at kind of a leg slip and everyone ran away and uh, celebrating it with Matt Renshaw. I think he has quite a good input on the tactical side of things. He's kind of slightly different plans. He does, he does, and he um, he's fantastic. He's got a really good cricket brain on him, but wow, he he doesn't half let you know about it if one of his plans comes off. Um, in particular, in particular when he gets wickets. I mean, he, <laughs> he's a really canny off spin bowler, right? and um, and he <laughs> but he hardly practices. Okay, so we have a bowling group where obviously we put a lot of our tactics on. We have a bit of banter on it. Everyone's on there, so I've said, look. Lads, he deserves to be on the bowling group. He's taking wickets. He's done partnership breaking. And to be named nameless, a few of the bowlers went, if he comes into our bowling group, I am leaving. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we, uh, the general consensus is he's not coming in the bowling group. Um, but he deserves all the accolades he gets because he is a very, very canny cricketer. Um, got a great brain on his shoulders. And like I said, he... He's taken about 12 or 14, I think 14 first-class rickets. So he, he then went in to see Leachie in the dressing room and he went, Leachie, let's, che- let's check our top 11, our best 11, who've you got out and who've I got out, and then let's see <laughs> let's see if it's the best. So it, honestly, he's brilliant banter around the dressing room. Sometimes a bit much for a few people, but I can tell you now we all love him to bits. 
I wouldn't want to be his roommate. I tell you what, he's the kind of that would wake you up at two in the morning. And go, I've just, I've just thought this thing. I've got a plan for this batter tomorrow. Let's talk about it now. Every time he sees me right now, and and it, and it's fine. I'm all right with it. But every time he sees me, he comes over and slobbers my ear with his, like kisses it and licks my ears. <laughs> I'm like, Reno, please, man, no more. It's like, and I get it every morning. It's like, no more, mate, no more. It's like, but anyway, yeah, he's lovely. Anyway, let's move on. Let's let's leave this Somerset loving alone. And let's go up to Scarbados where Steve Kirby, it was a scene where Steve Kirby won the county championship for Yorkshire back in 2001. But this time Yorkshire were 33 for six before 50s from Will Frayne and Dominic Bess got them up to 159. Six for 36 there for Kyle Abbott. Hampshire then responded 218. There were 50s there for Ben Brown, Keith Barker, five for 60 from Jordan Thompson. Yorkshire were then all out for 272, 59 from Adam Live, 63 from Johnny Tantasall. Four more for Kyle Abbott. What a week he's had after that hat trick at Cheltenham last week. Then Hampshire was set a tricky 214 at 70s for Felix Organ and Ian Holland. And they won by seven wickets. Curbs, Scarborough, you love it, don't you? You're a, you're a Scarborough man. Oh, some huge memories up there, Dan. Um, unbelievable crowd, unbelievable team, uh, Yorkshire. To you know, great history up at Scarborough. And the thing with Scarborough, which is so exciting about being up there, is the actual supporters. You feel so connected to every single one of them. Um, you, you know, you you see them all week. You know, they, they're they always pleased to see you. They are very knowledgeable about the game. And like I said, we've got great memories anyway because obviously winning the championship up there, I think we went on a huge pub crawl for about three or four days, which um, I've got... Days? Days? <laughs> it was three or four days. I'm not joking. I remember I remember Darren Lehman, after we won the championship, we had technically won it inside, I think it was the three days against Glamorgan. So we had to set the off, and then we were meant to be playing some league on the Sunday, uh, you know. The, and uh, but obviously we've had quite a few drinks and um, and celebrated. And Darren Lehman went in in the one day game against Notts, and he went in three, and he picked up his helmet, right, and he went to put his helmet on, and there was still champagne in the helmet, so was, <laughs> like champagne's just rolled down his head, and he's like, honestly, it must have absolutely honked, and he. And he went out, he said, lads, don't leave your chairs. He said, you know, there's going to be fireworks here. And he went and got 180 and 100 balls, right? Honestly, <laughs> yeah. absolutely smacked it everywhere. I don't know, he was still, he probably still drunk, honestly. But what, yeah, some great memories. But going back to the game um, and what they've had to put up there with Hampshire, you know, Hampshire are a real force to be reckoned with this year. And they have been for quite a few years. And for the reasons of, they're able to, literally put a new team out there for championship as it is for white ball cricket and I think that's the way that the game's going to start going now because the the actual schedule is brutal you know we've pretty much put a whole championship side out as well as a white ball side out and then coming back to championship with hardly any recovery or break whereas they're putting two complete fresh bowling units out there they have a white ball team and then they have a red ball attack in Abbott Abbas Barker etc and I think there's about three or four players that play in both teams, both the white ball and the red ball team, and it makes a huge difference. I and mean, you've got the quality that they've got as well. 
you know, the A, they're fresh. B, they're up. Don't, they just give you nothing. Um, and they have got such a variety in their attack. And then that, they put all that together with him, arguably, in my opinion, the best bowling coach in the country in Pot Welch. Because um, he leaves no stone unturned and he's a brilliant man manager. You know, you've got a real powerful, powerful side in Hampshire and Yorkshire. I know and have been and looks like quite a lot of other sides are decimated with injuries to their bowlers. So you, that's why, you know, you've got you've got such a, um, a differences, if you like, in, in performances from both of the teams. Yeah. And Sam, Yorkshire are in the relegation mix as well. We'll come onto the table later, but they're in big trouble, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They've done all right. I mean... <laughs> Paul Edwards was there at Scarborough and I think his piece on day one it was I mean it's always worthless reading what Paul Edwards says but he's just saying like they're just in a really so on the pitch it's real backs against the wall and they're they're losing players uh, um, they've got players who are having to step up people like Don Best suddenly becomes one of the really senior players in that side so they are in a dogfight they're losing Tom Codacabra at the end of the season he's coming to Somerset but he continues to play and he will put everything out there for them as well he got 100 down at Somerset last week Adam Live they've got the top of the order he loves playing at Scarborough made made 100 in that Surrey game um, a couple of weeks ago 59 in this one but yeah it is it's going to be tough for them good to see uh, Ben Code back He's been, well, he was one of their key bowlers for a good couple of years, still a relatively young man, has had injuries. I think he tried to come back eight or nine weeks ago and there was just a slight recurrence. He played twos last week. So they'll be buoyed by his return because he's actually quite a senior bowler for them in Red Bull cricket. Let's move on to the Oval, where Warwickshire got 253. Unfortunately, there were no 50s in there, but everyone contributed. Surrey responded with 316, Ollie Pope 65, Warwickshire then batted again, 310, Sam Hayne 96, or as Bumble called him on last week's show, Jonathan Trott, and then Will Rhodes with 74, Kemar Roach got 5 for 72, Surrey then strolled to their target, they got 252, one by six wickets, 61 from Rory Burns, 80 from Hashim Amla, 52 from Pope. Surrey look like they're, uh, they're, they're, they just keep winning. Hampshire keep winning. It's going to be a battle royale for the county championship, isn't it, Sam? Yeah, it really is. Although you just wonder, I mean, Hampshire have been so strong, as you say, they keep winning, but Surrey keep doing it. It, it doesn't feel like there's any stopping them. I don't know. I mean, it felt like that in T20, to be fair, and they did come unstuck. But in Red Bull cricket, they're just such, such a good side. You look at that lineup, the depth they've got all the way through. Brilliant to see Kemar Roach come back. He's one of those overseas pros that really loves actually coming over and playing for Surrey, heart and soul into it. And he's a fantastic bowler. I just can't see anyone catching them. Dan, you know, Hashimam has been relatively quiet by his standards this season, but when he needs to, he can turn it on 80 there. I did see that Jamie Overton, unfortunately, looked like he picked up an injury, only bowled 0.5 overs in that second innings. So I just pray, fingers crossed, that it's not too serious because he's had plenty of injury problems in the past. But when he's fit and firing, as he's shown for England, he's one of the best in this country. So hopefully he can come back. I mean, we talked about Tom Abel's hamstring injury 
a little bit earlier in the show. And uh, I guess from the county cricket purist perspective, there is six weeks off. Hopefully these guys can recover and be fit for the resumption. Herbs, who do you fancy, Surrey or Hampshire? Well, I, honestly, it, as you were just alluding to earlier on, Dan, it's a you know a battle royale between both of them. I can't I can't call it. I think at the moment points on the board are as strong as anything. They don't have to actually play each other again, which is interesting. But they're I don't know looking without looking at both of their scheduled games runnings, who's got the better running than the other. The, the key's going to be keeping them all fit and strong, especially as a bowling unit. Um, and as Sam's just alluded to there with Jamie Overton, and that could be a big loss depending. You know, we've all fingers crossed it's not too serious. Um, but he's goes for a scan, I believe, today. Um, so, like like I said, we pray on that one. Um, in regards to, um, you know, in regards to Hampshire, they just, like I said, they just seem to be able to far, put out a completely new team out for championship. And they seem to be fresher and stronger. So, points on the board with, with Surrey. Always strong. Strength in depth in squad. You would like to think Hampshire, no idea at the moment which one, which way it's going to fall. I'd like yeah. to say, I'd like to say Surrey, but I think it could be Hampshire. Sam, you got a point to make on this? It's a question actually for Curbs, if that's all right. How difficult is the next six weeks or the return to Championship cricket to manage? Because you know it's the schedule's been full on and it's been about keeping players, basically patching them up and getting them back out there because it's been relentless for the players and. If now you've got six weeks off, the maximum, if they're playing Royal London Cup, it'll be 10 overs, but actually a lot of them are playing the 100, so it's far fewer balls. So you're almost having to go into a bit of, when it starts again in September, is it almost like a mini pre-season to get them back into that volume? No, no, not at all, because most of the bowlers that we've got, I mean, obviously you take Marshant Ilanga, Craig Overton. Craig Overton will be needing to keep his loadings up quite a lot because we don't know where he's going to be from a, a test you know, test cricket perspective, um, it'd be a, the the onus is very much on them as individuals. But we're keeping our eye on if they're away with the hundred to make sure that mm. they are fully ready to go when they come back. The biggest challenge we've got is for Brooksy, you know, bringing JD and um, Jack, um, Josh Davy back fit, um, and obviously um, with Peter Siddle. So they they're three big, massive plot bowlers for us and. If they're now playing in that what is quite a brutal six weeks in the 50 over tournament, yeah, playing eight yeah. games in about 20 days. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be quite a challenge on multiple different levels to keep all our bowlers fit and ready to go because it is a very strong running from September onwards. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Let's go up to Manchester. Let's go up to Old Trafford where yeah. Lanc- Lancashire were 97 for two and collapsed to 145 all out. Matt Henry doing the damage, 5 for 45. Navdeep Sammy, 3 for 63. Kent then responded. They got a lead, 270, thanks for their skipper. Jack Leaning got 90. Six wickets there for Tom Bailey. What a bowler. We discussed him last week with Bumble, and he got six wickets. Lancashire then responded, 436. Josh Bahannon, 134. Luke Wells got uh, 90-odd as well. Apparently, Luke Wells is the most sledged cricketer on the circuit. I don't know why. I don't know what Luke Wells has done to anyone. Apparently, he's the most sledged cricketer on the county circuit. Four there for Matt Henry. Kent then subsided to 127 all out, despite 69 not out from Daniel Beldrummond. 
Tom Bailey again doing the damage, giving him 11 in the match. Got five for 46. Lancashire, they're on the heels, but I think they've got too much to do, don't you, Sam? Yeah, I think it's exactly as you put it, Dan. They're just too far behind. Well, it's not necessarily being too far behind. It's are the two teams ahead of them going to drop enough points to allow them a gap to catch up? And I just don't think that is going to happen. But they're really strong. You know, Josh Bahannon uh, is scoring back-to-back hundreds for him. I think he's probably arguably the next. You've got Harry Brook, who's the next in. Josh Bahannon's got to be close up there with someone like Abel as well they signed well you know will williams he was playing club cricket down in bridgewater has come in looks really good good county cricket pro for them washington sundars come across and as you say luke wells i love i've got a soft spot for luke wells and he's gone up to lancashire big change for him a couple of years ago because sussex is kind of ingrained in his family as well as him but they made the move up there and he's just fallen in love with it uh, paul edwards actually i was talking to says it's almost uh, it's cute how much luke wells loves playing for lancashire Curbs, as a man who wasn't shy of having a word or two himself when he played, any reason why Luke Wells is one of the most sledged county cricketers on the circuit? Because he's very good. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, you know, and he and he has a really awkward technique at times to bowl at. Um, and he, he's a very good cricketer. Um, I love the way he's reinvented himself from Sussex, come up to Lanks. You know, he scored... Um, a very, very, very good knock against us. Again, on quite a quite a docile, placid surface up there at Southport. But, you know, very good cricketer. And, you know, he's, he actually sledges you back. So, right. so, you know, normally batters, if you give them a load of stick and you start chatting to them about their technique or doing something or just trying to... He then hammers you back. So <laughs> that's probably one of the main reasons why he gets sledging because he doesn't shut up. Um, and you start uh, to say your front arm's not getting there and stuff like that. Yeah, he's very witty, he's, he's a very witty lad. Um, you know, really top kid, actually, top bloke. Um, good player, loves love to see him doing well again. Um, you know, he's fit, he's strong, and he's, yeah, you know, with him and Jennings up front, a quite formidable out opening partnership, you know. Yeah, um, and behind that as well. Yeah, very good. Villas, etc., you know. And they've got some good young players up there at Lanks, you know. This young Jack Morley, you keep your eye on him. He's going to be a really nice spinner. Um, yeah. You know, I've got... He bowled, He gets a really good shape on the ball, spins it, and um, bowls it at a good pace. It's not like it's got a flat trajectory on it. It goes up and it goes down, beats people in the air. He's going to be an Andy bowler. They can't even get Hartley in the team. And he's also a very Andy left-hand spinner. He sort of plays more white ball than than uh, than Red currently. Um and then you were just chatting about Bailey. Um, just doesn't miss high, highly skilled bowler. I think Williams has been a brilliant signing for them. He was at Bridgewater in in, um, in Somerset, um, you know, on an English passport as well, I believe. So he's going to be, I think he's on a two or three year contract up there at Lanks. That's a really good coup for them. He'll, he'll fit into their attack of their, you know, the balance of their attack really, really well. Um, yeah, so they're a handy team, but... Going back to what Sam said, I, I just think they've got just too much to do, really, to beat beat the likes of Surrey and Hampshire. They just seem to be too strong. Yeah. Well, from Old Trafford, let's go last but not least to the beautiful spires of Cheltenham College. Gloucestershire, 317. James Bracey, 
Chris Dent, Ryan Higgins all got 50s there to contribute. North Hans responded with 61, uh, uh, sorry, with 479, 61 from Will Young, 95 from Ryan Rickleton. I'm going to come on to him in a minute. Uh, 78 from Luke Proctor, 71 from James Sales. There was five for Zafa Gahar. Gloucestershire then set up a, they were up against it, but they got 363 for nine, thanks to a brilliant 127 from the skipper, Graham Van Buren, five for Tom Taylor there. And they set Northamptonshire 202 in 37 overs, which they got eight down with three overs to spare, thanks to Ryan Rickleton with a blistering 68. There was 10 for in the game from Zafra. It was a wonderful, wonderful advert for county cricket. But Ryan Rickleton, I think, will be a star of the future. Well, he's 26 years old. He averages over 50 in first-class cricket in South Africa. But I was really impressed. I think I've seen some good batsmen this season. I've seen a 200 from Jamie Smith at Surrey. I've seen an excellent 140 from Tom Abel at Bristol. But Ryan Rickleton is the best batsman I've seen this season. His bat speed is unbelievable. Curbs, do you know much about him? No, I don't know anything about him, if I'm honest. Yeah. You know, listening to what you said there, sounds a very exciting player to come up under pressure there and and chase down that type of target on the last day wicket. You know, and I, I, I get, obviously, Cheltenham can be quite a high-scoring, free-scoring ground at times, especially when the weather's good. Um, but still, to actually cope with that level of uh, expectation and pressure and then come up come up trumped, I certainly one I'll be keeping my eye out on. Um, and obviously, you you know a good cricketer when you see one, Dan, and if you're telling me he's a good player, then I'm listening. Uh, I know nothing about him. And Sam Northamptonshire. Punching well above their weight. They're now up to fifth in the table. Yeah, I mean, it's a brilliant story, isn't it? I, I can't hide from the fact that most of us, and myself included, thought they'd be down at the bottom there, particularly, you know, then they lose Adam Rossington on the eve of the season. You think, oh, there's a big part of their experience. But, I mean, to talk about Rickleton again, they brought in, well, Will Young, Ryan Rickleton. I think Young was probably more of a guaranteed bet. Played a little bit over here. Rickleton has just come in. I mean, it's be interesting to see if he how he goes in the Test series because he's in that South Africa Test squad. Yeah. Played a couple of games against Bangladesh in March, and he's averaging seventy odd for Northampton Division One of the County Championship. He's used to these conditions. I think he's had eight knocks, got two hundreds and four fifties, and so a bit of a gamble potentially there at Northampton in terms of who they brought in, but it's paid off for them. Yeah, it certainly has. Curbs, you played at Cheltenham College on, new, on numerous occasions. Uh, what a venue. Yeah, it is. It is. Sorry, I, would, I mean, it is a venue. It's an amazing, amazing sort of 10 days up there. And again, you know, when you're looking at the festivals as they are, we were chatting a lot about the Scarbados, weren't we, Scarborough? Um, I think when you come along to festivals that have got such history and tradition, um, I think it was 150 years it's been going. Yeah, it has, uh, yeah. Which is, you know, I was up there for a Gloucester Gypsies dinner um, the other the other week, um, and they do it so well. Um, a gentleman called Chris Coley, um, yeah. who who has been involved in the Cheltenham Festival for as long as I'm, I've known. Um, you know, I think it's a brilliant thing for Gloucester cricket. I think it's a brilliant thing for county cricket. You know, um, I mean, the pitch used to be a lot faster. It used to be a lot bouncier. 
you know, the days of Courtney Walsh and what have you coming in and people didn't want to go and play there because of how bouncy and quick the pitch was. And now you look at the surface, it's not that way at all. No. Um, but I think the way that they do it, the festival itself is managed and ran brilliantly. I know it's a tough thing to do for the players because you're there and, you know, it's 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 a lot of cricket in a short space of time. Um, and and in, in essence, it's another away game for, the, for a lot of the players because they have to travel up there. They have to stay over quite a lot. So I know it's a challenge for the players up there because I've been involved in that. But it's also a really rewarding week. Brilliant week. Brilliant, brilliant spectators um, who, again, are really knowledgeable. And I, I loved every minute of it. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. It's proper cricket people. And there's all marquees there with, as you say, the Gloucestershire Gypsies, the Gloucestershire Exiles, the old Patesians, all got their own little marquees going yeah. on. And it's absolutely fantastic. It's proper place for cricket badgers. And it's a good cricket wicket. I think there's a little bit in it for bat and ball. Spin comes into it. And what you see there every day is 300 for 10 most days. And it's, mm. it's a, you know, that, that's good cricket. Anyway, let's move on. Spare a thought for us commentators up there as well at Cheltenham. It's bloody hard work. Um, let's move on finally to the table. So Surrey are top 209. Hampshire, 193. It's going to be between those two, I think. Lancashire, third, 175. Then a massive gap down to Essex and 135. North Hants, the story of the season, 130 and fifth. Yorkshire 116, Kent 114, Warwickshire 104, Somerset 99, and Gloucestershire prop up the table on uh, a rather meagre 62 points. Right, let's go to Trent Bridge, Division 2, Nottinghamshire v Sussex. Uh, Nottinghamshire 240, Steve Mullaney, Scouse Steve Mullaney, he got 70. Ollie Robinson, 4 for 44 on his return. Sussex 143, Chetichwa Pajara 49. There was five for Patterson, five for Pattinson. Patterson White didn't bowl. Knotts 301, Hasib Hamid 94 of those. There was five more there for Ollie Robinson before Sussex capitulated for 142. Steve Kirby, the Nottinghamshire roller coaster just rolls on and on, and they're destined for a quick return to Division One, aren't they? Oh, yeah, they are, and they're a quality side, you know. Test ground, a lot of resources up there, good side, you know, well-managed, well-coached, you know, and, and when you've got a... I mean, they were really, really dangerous last year. When we were playing them last year in regard, you know, in regards to the sort of the Bob Willis Trophy where, you know, we could see... I mean, they actually outbowled us completely, and I mean that from the Somerset perspective. You know, normally Somerset are the ones that um, sort of outbowl the opposition. And, you know, they have shown now over, over the last few years that they should be in the top flight. Um, and quite rightly too, yeah, absolutely, Dan. They're a, they're a powerful, powerful unit. Yeah, they, they really look like a, a decent side. And Sussex are um, struggling a little bit. They're in a, a sort of a transitional period, aren't they? They are, they are. And, you know, like all these things, I think when you, when you bring in a lot of young players it's important that you dovetail that nicely with a lot of experience. I think uh, Pajara and, you know, they've had Rizwan up there. They've had, you know, I think it's important that a lot of these young players don't get scarred too much by, um, you know, being in a losing team. 
um, because there is some real talent up there at Sussex, down there, I should say. And, you know, my my good friend, uh, Finnerton Prentice, has moved his way down uh, back to Sussex and I wish him all the best. Obviously, we all do. We come back from a, coming back from a stress fracture in his spine, a really, really good cricketer. Um, and I hope he shows back to Sussex exactly what uh, we were seeing at Derby um, and what a fantastic cricketer he is. I think uh, I think when you've got people like Ollie Robinson in your bowling attack, you're always going to be handy. Um, a really quality performer. Um, I just hope that he can um, show that same level of fitness, that same level of drive and motivation to be playing international cricket because England cricket needs a fit, strong, firing Ollie Robinson, really. Um, yeah. But in regards to Sussex, yeah, definitely, without doubt, they're a good side. I just hope that, uh, like I said, they're able to turn it around pretty soon. Yeah. Let's move on to Durham, where it looks like a flat pitch and Durham fans not happy about the pitches there this season. They got 421 for seven. It was a little bit rain affected. Michael Jones, 206. There was four for 67 from Toby Rowland Jones. Mm. Middlesex, 455. John Simpson again in the runs, 132. Durham then got 142 for three. The game ran out of time. But David Beddingham was uh, got a nasty sort of retired hurt. Sam, John Simpson, we speak, we speak about him almost every week at the moment. He's a mate of yours, Curbs, as well, isn't he? Yeah. But he's, uh, he's on fire. Yeah, well, there's a reason we speak about him every week, Dan, isn't there? And it's, as you say, he just keeps scoring runs. Uh, brilliant cricketer, lovely human being. And yeah, I mean slightly placid pitch by the sounds of it out there, but you still got to go out and score your runs. And he's on Chris Rushworth's home ground as well. What did he pass 600 first class wickets? So yeah, you think someone like Simpson's chance of playing test cricket has probably gone. It was brilliant to see him play for England last year and he just carried it on. I mean, he smashes it in white ball cricket. He'll go off and play the hundred and probably do really well. Um, just, a super cricketer and Middlesex will be keen to keep hold of him as well. You know, there'll be other sides sniffing around someone like John Simpson. You make the point quite often, don't you, that he's one of the better, if not the best keeper. It's kind of underrated his keeping, isn't it? In that he gets so many wickets for the likes of Murta and Bamba just stood up. He just comes and stands up to the stumps very early. And the number of LBWs that buys people like Murta and Bamba is unbelievable, but yeah, quality player. Yeah. Curbs and, uh, Chris Rushworth's playing in that. I mean, you probably played against him back in the day, didn't you? I did. I certainly did. And I tell you what, uh, he, he's had me quite a few times, obviously, <laughs> me being the unbelievable batter that I am, you know. Averaging, I think it's seven or eight in first-class cricket. I'm quite a scout for him. Um, but no, I mean, in regards, in regards to Rushy, brilliant performer, brilliant performer for Durham. Um, I remember playing in uh, one of his first games, actually, out in Abu Dhabi for the, uh, you know, what was the Champions, County Champions game. And um, we played on one of the most docile, flattest surfaces you're likely to play on out there. And he showed exactly then as a young lad, um, you know, what a quality performer he was. Dale Benkenstein always said to me, he said, you've got to keep your eye on this lad. Um, and then to watch how he's grown through his career, you know, he's, you know, to his own admission at times at the start of his career, he probably was carrying a bit of weight and not quite as fit as he wanted to be. 
But gosh, wow, did he just turn his life around, his career, his his fitness. Wow. I mean, and then to keep taking the wickets that he does, the stuff he does with the ball, he's like he's like he's a magician, honestly. He swings the ball, swings the new ball away, and then he's got a wobble seam that nips back at will. Um, and the amount of people he sets up brilliantly. Um a wonderful performance, quicker than you think as well. Um, but yeah, and no, looking at them pitches up there, it just proves, doesn't it? Even on flat decks, he's he's still getting wickets. And but you say these pitches are flat, yeah, they are. They they've been a little bit dry up there. They've been, you know, the weather's sort of not helped that. But all over the country, I think it's more the ball, you know. I think there's a real appetite for batters to score runs, but I also think that the ball itself is, um, you know, that they just don't seem to be holding um, a their shine or b their hardness, um, and uh, that obviously. With the with the appetite for batters to score big runs, I think as uh, and the better and the better weather conditions that we've had, I, that's boding well for us bowlers. Who seems to be a bold graveyard out there everywhere. Yeah, let's speak Steve Kirby, the Berry Bradman, the Lancashire Lara. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on to Worcester, Derbyshire, hundred and thirty all out, and it's dial fifty five. Dylan yeah. Pennington, he's quick. He got four. Worcestershire then responded with 185, 52 for Kashif Ali. There were five wickets between them for Dahl and Aitchison. They're an opticians, aren't they? Derbyshire, <laughs> 343. <laughs> Wayne Madsen, 69. Anuj Dahl, 112, before bowling Worcestershire out for 190. Anuj Dahl again with five. For, so he got a 55, he got 112, he got five, six wickets in the game. Sam, you've interviewed him. Good cricketer. Yeah, he could cricket. He could, I'm sure Curbs will talk at length about and he's just a great human being. Uh, really, Curbs was saying a little bit uh, a few minutes ago about Finn Hudson Prentice. They were great mates, Anuj and Finn at Sussex. And it was a huge loss at, at Derbyshire, sorry, huge loss for them to lose someone like Finn, his runs and wickets. And Anuj has just stepped up this year I mean it's brilliant to see him performing and winning games he's been given that slot batting a little bit higher up the order runs wickets you won't see anyone quicker between the wickets I don't think either running he's absolutely rapid so yeah I mean Curbs will talk about it I'm sure amazing things up at happening up at Derbyshire every time I see them get a win it brings a little smile to my face yeah Steve how good's Mickey Arthur you're involved in coaching Mickey Arthur mm. he's one of the best in the world isn't he well, he's certainly showing that. Um, he's shown that in all, all the way through his through his coaching career. I think I've not experienced him as a coach. I've, I experienced him when he was coach up at um, Sri Lanka when I was head coach at the MCC, and I saw how organised he was and how much of a tight ship he runs it internationally. Then for him to come into Derbyshire, you know, he always talks about being the architect and the custodian of the environment and the culture. And that's what he's done up there. He's created a culture up there where, you know, people feel wanted, valued. You know, he's always going to be really professional. Ajmal's doing a great job up there as well. Um, you know, and it, and as Sam's just alluded to, it puts a massive smile on my face to see them doing well. Um, obviously, I haven't coached them for a few years. Uh, just to watch, you mean, uh, Leas deploys a brilliant captain and a brilliant bloke. Um you know, to watch the way that Brooke Guest has been coming through and scoring. I think he's had four or five hundreds this year. Um, to see Madsen, you know, Mads doing well. 
uh, again, is lovely. But, you know, as you've just mentioned there, I love Anuch because I know how hard he works at his game. You know, he's, you know, at times he had some technical issues going on with his batting, but wow, he certainly seems to have um, tidied those up. And as you've said, unbelievable runner between the wickets, like rapid, like a brilliant fielder um, as well. I mean, you know, that's a big part of his game. When he comes in, he just runs teams ragged. I don't want to be the batter at the other end. (laughs) 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 You you might bust a few hamstrings batting a little bit with Anna. So, no, honestly, it's really, really pleased me to see them doing as well as they have. And, uh, And well done, Mickey. Well done, Ajmal, for you know for pulling this team around. I think also Shamsu did a good job for them as well, didn't he? At the start, he did. Of the year. someone like Sam Connors, Cubs, he's got nearly forty wickets this season as well. Did you do much work with him? I did actually, um, and I really I love Sam. Um, really underrated, uh, quicker than you think bowler bowls at mid mid eighty mile an hour, um, and you know his action to a certain point at times would fall away a hell of a lot uh, had some back issues and he was with the under 19s England and so worked really really hard with him to try and get him in a position where his action was strong tall and repeatable and he he's a very skillful bowler he can swing the ball both ways um, at a very very handy pace I think he's uh, he's got some work to do in his economy rate his economy rate's still going at that four and a half and over but you know He's an attacking bowler that will come in as an enforcer and try and take wickets. So, um, really lovely to see. Um, I think Ajmal's also doing a really good job with him up there. Um, and, you know, yeah, it was nice to do some work with him and with Ben Aitchinson and, and all the other bowlers, actually. Um, but they are starting to put together a really strong bowling unit. Really lovely to see George Scrimshaw doing well as well in white ball cricket, as well as now red ball cricket. Um, you know, to what a wonderful story that is, Sam. I mean, you know, he was he was released at Worcestershire due to a, an unbelievable back injury and back operations. They gave him about twenty percent chance of ever bowling again. So, you know, for for us to get him to Derby, for the work that we did um, to get him fit and get him strong, and then his desire and his hunger to come back. It's a wonderful, wonderful story. It really, really is. So just them putting together a really strong bowling unit now um, is really, really nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. One final point. Sorry, I know Dan's itching to move on, but, you know, we talk about 18 counties and the need to have it. Someone like Scrimshaw, brilliant story, went a thousand days without playing a first-team game. If we haven't got 18 counties, then does someone like him get another chance once he's been released by Worcestershire? Probably not. And that would be a real shame to lose someone of his talent who's already playing England Lions, having only been back fit a year or two. So it is brilliant to see, and it's why we need all 18 counties. Yeah. Really strong point, that, Sam. Yeah, I mean, that's worth a discussion point at any one stage, Dan. And I know, yeah. I know you're keen to move on, so... But yeah, no, really, really good point, mate. Yeah. There speaks Specsaver Sam Dalling, having discussed Darlan Aitchison. Um, right, the table. Nottinghamshire, 195, they're top of the table. Middlesex 165, Glamorgan 160, Derbyshire 155. It's getting tight in there for that second place. Probably tighter than David Milan at the bar. Worcestershire then come 130, Durham 125, Sussex 105, and then Leicestershire at 72. And that wraps up 
Division 2. Well, that's all we've got time for, folks, for another edition of County Cricket Natters. A short hiatus for us now as the county championship, I was going to say enjoys, but has a fallow period for five or six weeks. We will be back on the other side, though. Plenty to play for. Well, all to play for, really, and we are very excited about that. Do keep your eyes on the Royal London Cup, though, going on over the next month or so. Some brilliant overseas stars coming over to play in that one. And also an opportunity for some of the youngsters who might not otherwise get a game to push their first team case. I loved that competition last season and I think I'm going to love it again. Thanks very much to Dan Whiting. Thank you, Sam. Thank you very much again for joining us, Steve Kirby. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much, Sam. Oh, you're very welcome. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you as ever to everyone for listening. And he'll be back shortly as well. Thanks very much for all your comments. Please do continue sharing, get in touch with us. We love hearing from you. As I said, we'll be back in six weeks or so. And in the meantime, stay safe. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest And as a matter of fact It's time to get it off our chests Cricket, 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 cricket Sports Social Podcast Network.